right. Thank you so much for joining us on Ace Your Health podcast at Ace Integrative Health. My name is Dr. Choksi. This is Ms. Kaylee Kuzer. Thank you so much for joining us again. We are on our journey to talk about nutrition. You guys heard last time what nutrition philosophies are, what a lot of people think about. Today we're going to take a deep dive and talk about what are different types of macros. You've heard about macros. One day we'll talk about micros, but we'll talk about what does that even mean and how does it affect nutrition, how does it affect our health. So let's let's ask our expert here and see what she says. What what are what does that mean by macros? People talk about mm-hmm. macros sure. all the time and in the world of nutrition and just to remind all of you guys, she is a nutrition health lifestyle coach. She is a nutritionist and um, a wealth of knowledge, amazing person. So yeah, let's, let's um, what are macros? So, I mean, I think a lot of people are pretty familiar with macronutrients, at least from a basic perspective. I think you'd be kind of hard pressed to find anybody who hasn't heard of carbs or fats or protein, mm-hmm. at least in, yeah. our, in our culture. Everybody kind of knows what they are, but then there's a lot of cultural uh, stigmas around them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of ideas, fear of carbs or fear of fats and different things that kind of gray out what's good and what's bad for people. Um, but there are three main carb or not carbs, <laughs> three main macronutrients. Okay. Um, so we've got carbs and fats and proteins. Okay. Um, so some basics about those are carbs will supply you with four calories per gram. Um, proteins will supply you with four calories per gram and fats will supply you with nine calories per gram. Okay. Okay. Let's wait. So she talked about two things. One was fear of macros and the other, the calories of macros. What are the fears behind them? There have been a lot of fears. I think over the past 50 years or so, it started out with there were some studies about fats being potentially Mm -hmm. bad, causing heart disease, stuff like that. I'm sure you're very familiar with that. Um, You've probably read over that a lot. Um, I think that's what most people think about. Yeah, Yeah. and still, it's still a heavy thing because keto, like Mm high-fat diets, have become very prominent. And then there, you still have a lot of people who are on those old ideologies and really still afraid of fats and saying, oh, that's horrible because it's mm-hmm. all fats and there yeah. are no carbs. Um, and then people who will buy things because they have a low-fat label. I would love to hear some of your input on, you know, what those stigmas mm-hmm. are from your perspective. Too. Yeah. Some people, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, we started out like 50 years ago or 30 years ago thinking about fats being really bad. Mm -hmm. And then slowly now we think about carbs being really bad. And as the keto kind of came into the picture where people started adopting to high fat, high protein diet, and then carbs became bad. And now I'm hearing a lot of things about how proteins are really bad. <laughs> it's always something. <laughs> so it's a it's a cycle that mm-hmm. I think our culture, people in general, just go through. Right. And it will always happen. Right. Because certain sect of population, if you study them, then they have a some type of thinking. Right. And certain people have other type of bodily processes. And mm-hmm. some other people will have others so then depending on who you ask and who you study different people will say different things about how their what their viewpoints are on protein fats and carbs 
Okay, so we talked about these um, calories as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned them. Yeah. How do they? How do they? Um, what does somebody need to know about macro calories for their nutrition? Right. So that's a thing, and I've. Um, have really started to push people away from focusing on calories so much. Mm. And especially because, as we'll go into detail, our calorie needs vary so much based on activity levels. And there are mm. a lot of recommendations that are like, women should eat 1,600 calories to lose weight. Men mm. should eat 2,000 or whatever. And it does not take into account our individual needs. Mm-hmm. Now, a calorie is a unit of energy. So okay. it's measured by how much heat a food emits, basically, in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um and there's also this big idea that's come about in the past few years that's a calorie is a calorie. Okay. Now, I think we both know a calorie isn't just a calorie yeah. because if you have 100 calories of sugar or if you have 100 calories of broccoli, mm-hmm. those are going <laughs> to do majorly different things in your body. Mm-hmm. So maybe explain the physiological processes that kind of go on between if you're eating a refined sugar versus a, you know, a vegetable that has fiber and some natural carbs mm-hmm. from that. So if you're talking about carbs, we can look at carbs from perspective of what are they. They could be starchy carbs, mm-hmm. they could be natural carbs that are or complex carbs or simple carbs that are coming from plants and different types of plants can have different types of carbs. They can be digested and they can be undigested in the body. Well, they're always digested to some degree, but maybe you're not just absorbing it, it's digested by the bacteria. So that's one type of carbs. And then you have other types of carbs that are processed. So they're not naturally made on the planet, but we process them. And in the process, we're pretty much usually extracting them. So if you're processing wheat or barley or oats, we grow them and then we dry them out and then we extract some of those things. So in the extraction process, we're losing some other enzymes and nutrients that are coming in in natural way because anything that grows there's a reason why those enzymes and minerals are placed inside a let's say a banana and it has a lot of fiber in it and a lot of carbs so there's a there's a reason why they're placed in it and if you extract all the carbs out of it and then you try to eat those then they become processed and your body has to put in those other extra minerals that it just lost in the process of processing it <laughs> in the pro- that's oxymoron but so in the process when we extract something we lose a lot of minerals a lot of vitamins and then your body has to put them back in to digest those things out so it in in the world of calorie requirements what we're talking about we can look at certain calories that are coming from a processed carb which we approximate to be around four calories that means that that's how much heat or that's how many electrons or that's how much energy it's going to produce in your body about four calories worth of it and then you have these other carbs such as celery for example it may have a certain amount of carbs in it but if you eat it it requires it's not digested and you have to put in more energy to actually break it apart so then you're actually adding more calories in to a calorie that you ate so it becomes a negative calorie if you can think about it it's like buying hundred dollars worth of equipment but then you have to put in two hundred dollars worth of it to make it work right so that's it's something that you end up putting more into it so then 
if you're trying to lose weight, then that yeah. helps a lot. And those are great options. Those are great options, yeah. And in essence, there's a, a greater thermic effect to that those foods mm-hmm. because your yeah. body is heating up more to break it down, whereas with the easy things to break down, your body doesn't have to do as yeah. much work yeah. for it. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. It's what makes it easy, right? If you're, if you're trying to just maintain your weight and you're already skinny, then you'll need equal balance of both of those kind of things. But then if you're trying to lose weight and you want to increase your body temperature, metabolic speed, then, then you want to do some more work. So (laughs) (laughs) you kind of have to do some more work. (laughs) You're caring too much, you know, so that, that, that's okay. That's easy. That's doable. Okay. I would love for you to talk a little bit more about proteins because you brought up that proteins are getting kind of demonized a little bit (laughs) now. Well, so proteins are like, as you said, they're four calories again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we look at proteins, we're looking at a amino acid sequence that is used by the body to make different parts of the body. It's also used to transport. So hemoglobin that transports oxygen is a protein. Thyroid, you know, T3, T4, that gets transported inside the body is bound to thyroglobulin. You know, testosterone, estrogen, they all get bound to a protein to get transported. So proteins can also serve as a muscle building things, which what most of us think about. Mm-hmm. But then proteins are kind of essential to even convert glucose into ATP. So if you want to convert glucose, which is a simple sugar, into energy, you need different enzymes. You need different proteins along the entire pathway to make that. So proteins are as essential. They get used up by everything in the body. Right. Simple carbs may not get used up by everything. Simple fats may not get used up by everything. But proteins will get used up by every process in the body. So those are kind of really important. And we'll go into a little bit more detail. I'm going to ask you about how we're going to think about incorporating into a human body. But that's that's how I would think about proteins. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the last thing would be fats. Fats. You talked about fats being, what, nine calories? Nine calories per gram. Yep. So you guys have heard about heard about those as well. And fats are like your storage bins, right? Stacks of money that's just sitting around in your body. <laughs> that's like a little atom bomb of things that you just put in, stack in, and hold. And they're also storage, right? So they're storing mm-hmm. all kind of different things uh, from hormones to vitamins right. and... Um, but they can even store toxins, and some people don't oh, think about that's that. that's true, yeah. yeah. They, can, they can absolutely store toxins. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we can go into the world of toxins. <laughs> I mean, you know so many different types of toxins that are out there right. that, that we're storing. <laughs> that can be a whole, a whole new lesson in itself, yeah. and people don't even realize. Because, I mean, if we want to get on that topic just a tiny bit, yeah. some people don't realize that, because weight loss resistance is a thing that mm-hmm. has become more talked about in recent years. Some people don't realize that weight loss resistances are like a caused by toxins that your body doesn't want to let go of because it knows that it's going to have to filter through those toxins if it lets the fat break down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, your fat holds on to a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's a really good point. So 
if you know that if you open up this little bucket and there are worms sitting in there, right, you're not going to let that bucket open, right? Like your body's going to store that fat in a tight of a capsule as possible because your body knows that there's toxin mm -hmm. sitting in there. So mm -hmm. no matter how much somebody tells me to clean this place up, I'm never going to clean it because I know that <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to become so resistant to somebody telling me to right. clean this place. Because I know that this little bubble of fat has lots of toxins. Mm -hmm. As soon as I open it, it's going to unleash itself in the right. body. Right. And your oh. body strives for homeostasis. So mm -hmm. if it's going to be upset by letting that out, yeah. you're going to feel you know, yeah. <laughs> upset to have to deal with those worms, right? Yeah. Then your body's going to avoid doing it because it wants to feel good. That's yeah. At the end of the day, your body is really good about that. I mean, it's yeah. programmed for homeostasis. But there are ways that you can things out right like absolutely <laughs> so how do you uh, how do you, how would you say how will we think about human body and the process of even managing weight mm -hmm. whether you want to gain weight or lose weight and then in that whole process the fear of unleashing the can of worms kind of a thing right. what what would you say how you think about it so there are a lot of things that if, if you're talking from a detox perspective or from a weight loss perspective, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really variable because something that's causing weight loss resistance for one person could mm -hmm. be, you know, a, another person could have the same problem, but with a totally different mm -hmm. cause. Yeah. Now, a lot of times what we see is insulin resistance is a main cause, and we can dive into that later. But you can really support your body from a detox perspective mm -hmm. by utilizing just herbs and probiotics and fiber and mm -hmm. water and all sorts of stuff like that. I know you are super good with those yeah. things. That's a lot of what we do here. Um, if you'd want to share a little bit about kind of our approach. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point that she mentioned. And um you know, we have a very similar way of thinking in that sense that where if you're unleashing and detoxing, you know, if I open this can of worm and that bucket of fat cells and it just opens and it unleashes all the toxins out, you have to have certain type of nutrition. You have to understand certain type of herbs. You have to understand those calories. You have to understand those benefits. What are we going to put in our body that will help bind things out? So basically, if I'm going to open that up, I'm going to make sure I have a vacuum to suck all of those things out. I'll have, you know, a disinfectant or a cleaner, things that bind and gulp things out before they go in the body somewhere and start causing problems because we don't know what we're storing. Right. right? We've been storing <laughs> right. all kind of stuff and a lot of it comes from emotional aspect as well because we mm -hmm. have put in things into our body in certain emotional states and then those things just stay in our body. They just hate leaving. And when when those when that fat bubble is supposed to respond to a hormone, for example, a glucagon, cortisol, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, those hormones will help you break that bubble open. And it doesn't open and it constantly just gets made bigger and bigger. Then we have to look at who's sending all this information or who's sending all the extra waste to build again, right? Who's making this fat bubble? And that's the whole concept of insulin mm -hmm. and detox because if insulin can't do its job of taking the sugar and putting it inside the muscle, then insulin's going to say, okay, I'm just going to put it in the fat. 
because I have way too much sugar outside mm-hmm. in my blood. I can't go inside the muscles because insulin resistant muscles are there so that it sends it to the fat cells. And if the fat cells become resistant to cortisol, glucagon, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, thyroid, then we call them resistant fat. The other side is resistant muscles. So those are kind of the two concepts. There are lots and lots of herbs. You know, you talk about a lot of herbs as well from a perspective of detox. And um, we look at a lot of different kind of concepts from calories to physiology of the body and we can go down into genetics but uh, that's another huge topic that we have (laughs) yeah yeah no and that's one thing that i love what we do in this practice because we've been talking about macros and how our needs vary depending Mm. on who we are what we weigh how much we move all of this stuff but another huge piece and you mentioned earlier is that a lot of studies are performed based on populations. Mm -hmm. Some populations eat a lot of fats. Some people eat a lot of protein or a lot of carbs. And then those populations all thrive. And Mm -hmm. so studies say, well, since they thrive on a low fat, Mm -hmm. high carb diet, that must be the healthiest diet. Or because they thrive on a high fat, low carb diet, that must Mm -hmm. be the healthiest diet. Well, there isn't one right answer. And that's why we do genetic testing Mm -hmm. here is um, we test for people's exact response to those macronutrients Mm -hmm. because everybody varies and we have really great success with that because we find out what your body needs Mm -hmm. and what my body needs and they all vary from one another and there's really no way to tell if you're just doing a guessing game your whole life yeah she's absolutely right i mean how your body responds to a macro is the step number one Mm -hmm. like we need to know if you love eating if your genes love digesting fat or if your genes love digesting proteins or right. carbs and whatever god-given genes that we have that we're able to turn on and off then that's the type of diet that you know she'll help well, you customize right. as well yeah. and, and a great example that i've even used with a lot of people who've mm, asked about yeah. what we do here is like one of the first people that i worked with where we had done genetic testing yeah. on we had had her on a high fat diet trying to gain weight for a long time mm-hmm. and a ton of calories, mm-hmm. ton of fat. We were just thinking, why can't she gain weight? And now sure, I was thinking her insulin, mm-hmm. she's not having like blood sugar spikes yeah. or a lot of insulin really happening there. Yeah. So that could be the reason. But we get her test back and she does a lot better on carbs and protein. And wow. then the weight gain started when we switched the diet. So it's like you really have to look at that aspect because there are plenty of people who mm. if you put them on a high fat diet they're going to gain weight but yeah. then there are other people who who won't gain weight yeah. at all and they'll only lose weight on that so that's such an interesting story the you know we associate weight gain with just having a lot more fat diet or and that's mostly because more calories per more gram calories, i think yeah. yeah yeah but if your body doesn't want to digest those and doesn't want to store them and the storing can only happen with having a lot more insulin then you kind of need more carbs (laughs) right right (laughs) otherwise it's not gonna happen you're just her body was just probably just pooping all of those fats Mm -hmm. out yeah just not utilizing them so we might be putting in you know Mm 2500 calories a day and she's only absorbing Mm -hmm. (laughs) a trivial amount of that so yeah what are the other concepts about fat right like 
we are talking about fat, but what has been the conception of fat? In you know, we talked about fat causing a lot of heart disease and those kind of things, mm -hmm. but we also, you know, where does fat come from? You know, we talk about oils. Oils are fat, right. and a lot of times we say don't have fried foods and don't have, you know, this oil or only have safflower oil or only have this or that. But where do they come from? Where do we find them easily in its natural state so that they're not, you processed. know, processed? Yeah. So how, and how do we get that in our diet? Right. Like, how does somebody think about easily? if they don't know how to calculate all those calories right. and do calculations on what their genetics are and whatnot. Right, so fats are pretty much naturally occurring in a lot of foods, almost every food, even fruits and vegetables, but that's a trivial amount. Wait, so you're saying fruits and vegetables have fat? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, if this helps <laughs> for, for mindset, I mean, even avocados, they're, they're a fruit and okay. they have a lot of fat. And some people don't think about that. They don't mm. realize well, I guess that's a fruit and that has fat, so why can't other fruits have fat? Um, if you think about it, there are oils that are made from vegetables mm. because vegetables have fat in them. Okay. Um, now, if you want an easy source of fat, mm. then I would look to nuts and seeds, avocados. Mm. Um, coconuts are really good mm. because they have the meat mm. and everything that's really fat. Um, and, yeah, just a lot of those, mm. anything, nut butters, you know, nuts, have a lot of mm. fat. Nut butters have a lot of fat. Mm. Now, of course, those are more processed than if you ate a whole nut, Yeah. but yeah. still minimally processed. I just usually, nuts and seeds are my best recommendation. Mm. They, may, they may have some omega-6s as well. Mm -hmm. So that would be something to watch out for right. if they have a lot of nuts. But, right. but omega-6s, of course, from nuts are going to be much better than omega-6s from like olive oil yes. where it's more processed. Right. Because nobody's squeezing the oil out of an olive mm -hmm. in your day-to-day -day <laughs> yeah, routine. That's, that's yeah. a great point. No, I mean, that is absolutely a great point because if you process an oil and you've taught that it's a bad oil, but if you process it, obviously it's going to become bad. But if you take it in its natural state, then you're getting all the other minerals and vitamins right. along with it that help mitigate that, that bad yeah. <laughs> bad part because i've heard yeah. i've heard you know my patients say that they've never ever thought about like green vegetables having fats in them right right like maybe avocados maybe they might think about olives right and olives but like when you think about olives and you chop up olives and you put them on pizza you're not thinking that you're having olive oil in there you're just right. thinking it's an olive right? right and it's pretty much fiber or carbs mm -hmm. so that's something that that needs to be i guess calculated as well right yeah when if you're really wanting an exact science then you've got to look at every macro and every food because mm -hmm. everything does have to some extent all three of those macros mm -hmm. um maybe some less than others yeah. but yeah. they have all got those different proportions yeah. to some extent that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. So that's uh, that's a pretty cool story about proteins, fats, and carbs that we're talking about. There are, you know, different ways that we talked about. I mean, we hinted on how we think about protein, fats, and carbs, what we think about genetics, and how we can customize somebody's journey into figuring out what kind of nutrients they can get or what kind of calories they can get from 
matching their genetics and then also matching their nutritional requirements. So that's a really cool process and that's something that we've been fortunate enough to be able to do. Yeah. And a lot of pe uh, people who do join our community and are part of our journey and allow us to be part of their journey, it's, it's mind-blowing, amazing right. results that we're yeah. seeing. So this, this was a, a great conversation that we learned about proteins, fats, and carbs. You know, the bottleneck to a lot of people, what we talked about was how we think about protein, fats, and carbs mm -hmm. from their genetic perspective, right? right? And that's a totally different way of thinking. And these kind of tests, just for your guys' knowledge, they are available in the market. Like thing, other retailers like Kroger, and you may talk to your own doctor. If you're listening to around here at TriHealth or, you know, Christ Hospital, if you're part of Procter & Gamble or GE and a lot of your employers and uh, your benefit uh, insurance companies, they are also offering these kind of uh, inexpensive tests. Some of them are expensive. They can range anywhere from $100 to all the way up to $600. But, you know, what you get is what you get with those reports. Sometimes you can get this test done at a retail store and be able to talk to a nutrition counselor or a dietitian or a, um, you know, somebody who knows a little bit about those tests. You may be able to come to here at our practice and get that test done and talk to us. And you'll get a medical doctor evaluation and a lifestyle coach. You may end up using our apps that make your life pretty much easy and you know we'll work together to design these apps where we have more than you know thousands of recipes in there that are all customized to the macros so it's a it's a journey and I would urge all of you guys to take a just a little dive into this side of the world where we're we have come so far from 30 years ago, where we did not even know what type of fats that are that are out there, to a point of where now we can really tell you what genes turn on and off with which fats that you eat. So that's that's a an advancement in technology, an advancement in our understanding of how our body works. But at, you know, every time we learn something, we feel like okay, we learned something, but then it's still a starting point because nobody on this planet has figured out the whole body, right? But we're getting closer and closer and closer to making our process of finding and making our health better, easier, right? When, when somebody tells you, here's the app, here's the entire six month of diet, all of these match your genetics, go nuts at it right and that's yeah. that's all it is right and right. then you don't have to worry what you're gonna buy what you're not gonna buy the buy list is right there you have a coach you have a doctor and you have a whole piece structured together and if we talk about detox then that's a whole different story <laughs> but those are the kind of journeys that you know as you start going on this world the weight loss or weight gain weight management journey with yourself and with your families become extremely easy and that's as we've talked about from the beginning that's really our goal for everybody is we want nutrition to be simple mm -hmm. and that's why we like to dial it in with genetic tests it's not necessarily like 
something you have to do, but it's something that we encourage you to do because it really makes your results stand yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, and it's a, it's a test that you do once in your lifetime, <laughs> and then you know, yeah. and then you know, and then you'll know exactly like, hey, I shouldn't be having too little protein, because a lot of times, you know, I see people who are from the Eastern world, uh, from Asia or South America, a lot of times they have maybe ten percent protein, five percent protein mm-hmm. in their whole diet, their diet yeah. and that's that may not be their genetics. Like they might are running for an Olympic, you know, triathlon or whatever, but they might not be their genetics and they might just struggle, 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 struggle to put on weight, to put on their, you know, size, to get that athletic, Mm -hmm. you know, edge because of certain type of diet that they have. And they might just never know. And, you know, we take care of a lot of professional athletes and, and, um, you know, people who take care of their body at elite level in that sense. And um, sometimes they, they, you know, they, are, they think that they need high proteins, but then they might not have genes for yeah, the protein they and they might, they might need more fats and carbs. So which helps them really get really agile, really fast, really lean, really, you know, um, get that edge as well. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, you know, I'm so happy to be working together on that yeah. process because... Yeah. You know, it wouldn't, it cannot be done without a lifestyle coach and a person who also understands nutrition and being a nutritionist. And it also, it's a little difficult to have, to do all of this, you know, without a medical guidance because there's a lot of things that are going in your body. Right. So if you're really interested, right, if you want to learn more and you really are interested and intrigued on this process and want to just learn for yourself on your own, you know, we'll show you how to do all of those things step-by-step process. We have a whole community of people. We call it Ace My Health Community. You're welcome to join and access all the videos with pre and post notes, homeworks, you know, things that accountability trackers, mm-hmm. things that you can do on your own. Learn it with references so you can go and look for them. And... Um, and then you can tell us, like, hey, I did this just by following your videos or being in the community or listening to your podcast, and that's our goal. And um, with that, you know, and we always say this, that on a weekly basis, we get together and we pray for you. You know, if you let us know that you're struggling with this, we're going to send out our positive vibes to you and to your family members. And... Um, you know, with, with our purest heart, we hope that you do the best and your body becomes best. So do you have any questions? And no. you want to say anything to them? No, I think uh, we did. You did an excellent job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much, though. And um, with that, thank you so much. We'll see you next week and on our next topic of nutrition. See ya.